Welcome to the Blending In Podcast, where we chat with innovative educators who are integrating edtech. I'm your host, Ashley Yazarlu, and I'm so glad you're listening in today. On today's episode, we have a very special guest, Preeton Shaw, who is a Harvard grad, educator, entrepreneur, and author of the recently published book, AI and the Future of Education, Teaching in the Age of Artificial Intelligence. I've invited Preeton to join the conversation today so you can get an auditory peek into his new book and hear his insights about how AI is changing the learning landscape for us all. So welcome, Preeton. Thank you for having me, Ashley. So um, if you want to take a minute and uh, just kind of tell our audience um, a little bit about who you are, your educational journey, um, and how you got to where you are now to be in the place to even write this book. Yeah, um, my journey is super non-traditional. So I started my first um, education technology venture back in high school. Um, I was a sophomore, uh, trying to figure out ways to like spread, um, like make tu- uh, tutor more accessible, tutoring more accessible. Um, and so we did like pre-recorded videos, put them online, did some like email back and forth with students all around the world. Um, and this is before all this stuff was the norm. Like I realized that right now, someone's like, that's not really innovative. But like back then, it was kind of cool for folks still. Um, and so that was the first venture that um, I started. And then it's been um, various projects throughout there that's all kind of tackle education from different angles. Um, I have a civics nonprofit that uh, tries to use technology to make like civics education more accessible. Um, I've worked on like mastery learning projects with clients. Um, and I've taught like summer camps every year. I taught for six months in a public school in New York City, um, worked in Korea for a few, uh, about for six months, like teaching English. So just trying to like expose myself to all different um, parts of education, worked at a private school, uh, coaching debate. So like a very wide variety um, of the educational context while building out different solutions for problems I saw. Um, and then, you know, while I'm, I've built these relationships and connections over the years, um, and we've always like talked about AI in some like hypothetical, this would be really cool if we could um, type of scenario. Um, and then about a year ago, all of that became a little bit more over than a year ago, all of that became possible. Uh, all the kinds of things we were dreaming about um, kind of all became reality overnight. Um, and so I got really excited. And so I was like built, trying to figure out, okay, which clients can I first like help integrate this with? What projects can I start putting out um, that will like use the technology that now makes a lot of solutions that I think will solve a lot of problems possible. Um, and people were freaking out. Like nobody was ready for that right at that point. <laughs> yeah. and so um, that's what I was like, okay, wait, take a step back for you. Um, and kind of the book came out of that. It was just like, okay, let's, let's, let's start folks off with like, where, what is the big picture? Um, what do they need to know in order to actually navigate or even to have the conversations or be open to the kinds of solutions um, and innovations that I hope could actually come out of this. So um, the book is meant to kind of take that middle ground of like, okay, here's, here's everything that an educator needs to know tomorrow in order to like figure out what's going on, make sense of the news headlines and make sense of some of the technology coming out. Um, and also just like, here's where we should exercise some caution. Like, yes, everybody's right to be a little scared, a little right, uh, right to be a little uh, terrified of this stuff. Um, and I kind of hope that I ask the right questions um, and put some insight into how we can navigate those as well. Yeah. I mean, I was reading through your book and and you mentioned um, just a second ago that like this, this new thing just came upon us like a year and a half ago, right? And just like blew everybody's minds. Um, and you wrote in your book, we stand at the precipice of a new era in education. And it's through this blending of traditional pedagogical strategies with innovative AI tech 
that we can usher in this new age of learning. So I'm really interested in that, like thinking from the perspective of teachers um, and that longer term conversation that must involve embracing and making room for AI to ensure the classrooms meet the needs of our students, as you wrote in the book. So how can teachers blend in those opportunities to use AI to do just that? That was not planned, um, but yes, blending is uh, exactly what I think <laughs> it needs to be the solution um, to figuring out how exactly we can, you know, take the things that we care about. So I think like the the like, way I like to explain to folks is like the kinds of things that we've wanted to do in our classrooms, the kinds of things we value in our classrooms, the kind of learners we want our students to be, um, and the long-term goals we have as educators have not changed overnight. Like those are all exactly the same they were before sure. like AI became popular and everybody started grappling with it. Um, what's really changed is the tools we have in the society that, that like all the, the context within which we need to achieve those goals. Um, and so this is where like we can take a lot of pedagogical strategies that we've been trying, um, inquiry-based learning, problem-based learning, um, project-based learning, all the active learning, all those kinds of things that we've all been trying to figure out how to integrate within um, our like teaching repertoire um, and use AI for it and also use AI to combat, sorry, use that to combat AI and the rise of plagiarism and cheating and the kinds of assignments that became obsolete. So um, I try to encourage teachers to start thinking about how can how can we reframe some of the work that we're doing in our classrooms, our assessments especially, um, to take advantage of the technology instead of just like trying to get around it, like AI detectors and plagiarism detectors and like let's record sc students' screens while they're writing essays. Like none of that, no one actually wants to do any of that. Like that, no one is excited every morning getting up like trying to figure out how to detect AI use. Um, and I'm hoping that as we think about it, and we can talk a lot today about it as well, um, but, but folks figure out how they can like use AI in order to build better assessments and build better tools that help students learn, um, that they start to see that like everything they wanted for their students is, is still there and the students still need it. Um, and now we just have more resources to make that happen and maybe even like push us um, to use those. Yeah, I love that. I love how you're basically saying the pedagogy is not going away. It's still the same. It's just we're reframing how we tackle it and what goes into like the planning and the tools that we use. So you discuss in your book how AI can sort of lighten the workload and help teachers with content generation. So how do you think AI can help with planning for like blended learning activities? Can you elaborate a little bit on that? Yeah, um, I mean, my first piece of advice to folks, especially if you're like new to the technology, um, will be to ask that exact question in your context to an AI system. So one of the ways I think oftentimes folks, when they initially heard about it, thought, okay, like this is a lesson plan generator, this is a worksheet generator. Um, but one of the cool things about like, especially the ones that are built for conversational um, settings like BARD, ChatGPT, um, one of the cool things is you can actually have a nice conversation in a way that like serves as your little thinking buddy, as your assistant. Um, and so if you have a particular activity you're already doing and try to figure out a way to uh, blend it in, um, you can you can start brainstorming with any of these tools. And so um, that would be my first little piece of advice is like, ask, ask go ahead and ask, ask, ask GPT. Like I have this assessment I normally do. I have this unit I'm trying to teach. Um, how might I blend technology into it? How might I make sure that both those components are active for the students? Um, but, you know, that, obviously we can also talk a little bit about specific things today. And so um, I think one of my favorite things to think about is like, how can we make the classroom like the most active way possible? Because I think um, now that like, a lot of our assessment criteria um, are becoming a little bit less um, effective. I think like being able to have students engage in like lively discussions and in role plays and simulations inside classrooms um, are all like way more effective and way more fun for everybody. Um, and then how can we tell students to basically take advantage of all the learning they can do now using AI outside of the classroom? So prepare for a debate using an AI system to like kind of do your research, kind of come up with your arguments, even debate with an AI system first so that you're prepared to engage in the debate in class the next day, right? Those are kind of examples that I think really take advantage 
of all the benefits that AI is putting out um, for students to do at home learning and then still find ways to like assess and do projects within the classroom that kind of build on that rather than try to like, you know, uh, avoid students exposure to the technology um, and kind of like, you know, hide away from it in a way that I think is hurting our students. Yeah. And I love the ideas that you just threw out here. You you go into a lot more depth in your book with some of those um, ideas of like how to actually use tools like ChatGPT and others to um, write in prompts and, for different types of learning activities. And you mentioned like project-based learning. Um, so thinking about like uh, different instructional models that keep students actively engaged, um, what instructional models do you think blend well with AI integration? Yeah, um, I do think project-based learning is one of the coolest ones. I think it's the most like real interdisciplinary way to like get students engaged in a topic area. Um, and so I think we've been trying to help teachers conceptualize assessments that take place outside of the classroom um, that are like robust projects that kind of allow students to take a little path of intellectual curiosity through the topic that's interesting to them. Um, and then almost like kind of have a variety of options for, for them to engage in whatever like for, uh, summative assessment you want at the end um, through a various, you know, creating something. So, um, you know, everything from like having students host a podcast for a little bit or having them come, come up with um, a website project, an app project. A lot of one of the reasons that I think the AI systems um, really start making this um, more exciting for folks is that you can actually get much farther in a project than you could without AI. So um, instead of trying to figure out like how do we, you know, how do we replace and make sure that we can still test the same things, we can kind of figure out what might be the next thing to test. And so maybe if you're normally you ask students to just, um, you know, write a podcast script for an assessment, um, you can now have students actually like put, have an AI voice, put on the podcast, I, I do an interview with, right? Like there's so many more interactive things that students can now do without having to spend a lot more time on it um, and actually get like full final flushed projects out of it. Um, and we've been seeing college professors who like now like their end of semester assessments are like, go do the most crazy, right? Like the craziest thing you could possibly do now because there's, you yeah. can like code a website using AI. You can kind of have a lot of copy dra drafted really quickly with AI. And so what is the application of whatever you're trying to assess um, and how can you have the students kind of take a creative route with it? Um, students are so much more engaged that way. I mean, I think everybody knows that like when a student gets to like kind of take ownership of their project, um, take ownership of exactly which aspect of the topic they care about, um, they're they're excited. They, they are proud of the work they put out. Um, and so I think this is a great way to start thinking about, and it's also real. Like that's yeah. exactly what they'll be doing in their careers is building projects with AI as support um, and then interacting with other humans with it, right? So I think like yeah. that, that's some good real world practice for them. Yeah, you actually hit on one of my other questions was how can AI impact student engagement and like the kids motivation to do the hard work of learning? Because as you know, as a Harvard graduate, like doing the work of learning is hard. And sometimes kids just want to give up or they tune out, they're disengaged. Um, so how do you think AI impacts that? Yeah. Um, so unfortunately, I think the first answer is that AI is making it worse. I think in the short term, we're starting to see like students disengage further um, because they like are like, hey, I can already do this. Why do I need to learn it? Like that that question just becomes, you know, we've always had to answer why I learned this um, for our students. But I think right now it just like feels a bit more um, like a quick transition. Um, so I think there's a little bit of loss of motivation from that when we're already seeing massive like loss in student engagement post-COVID. 
Um, and I think folks are tired of technology post COVID. Like everyone just like associates yeah. like e-learning and online learning with like Zoom. Um, and mm-hmm. that's like, hopefully we can start to reframe that a little bit and talk about the advantages of it. But I think in our heads right now, it's that like the trauma, honestly, of those two years um, is so robust that I think it's hard to like detangle the like, what is ed tech and what is education technology and technological solutions for education um, that aren't just us all getting on Zoom and being miserable. So um, I think part of that is like all making it worse. There's also like, it is easier for them to cheat. And so this is where like slightly reframing what you're assessing, how you're assessing is important because um, a student at 3 a.m. in the morning who has an essay due the next day um, is going to take advantage of AI technology to cheat. Like the, they're already, they're stressed out. They're worried about what the implications of them like not doing it are. Um, the motivation to cheat and like use the AI technology as a crutch is really high. Um, the goal though, is that we can hopefully do some of that reframing using the AI. So while I see, I think that like right now, everybody's kind of trying to figure out how, how do we deal with this like short-term, even further dip in engagement. Um, mm-hmm. I'm hoping that as we blend in um, the technology a bit more into how we're framing assessments, how we're talking to students, um, that we start to see a rise in it. Because I think we have the potential to let students go on these learning journeys, I think as I've been calling them, um, where they can kind of explore topics from so many different angles that are actually of interest to them. Like, not, like we don't all care about the same things. And that's just like, they're, that's, that's fundamentally true about humans. Um, and not, not in order our students. And so um, we have fundamental things we need to teach them. Like everybody maybe needs to learn some basic arithmetic, um, but hopefully like word problems can be more engaging to students because they tackle areas of interest to the student. And so um, if there's a student who wants to do word problems about like, um, I don't know, sports versus somebody who wants to do it about like politics and climate change, like that, those kinds of the variety of assessments to kind of personalize that, um, the learning for the student becomes more possible with AI technologies. And that's really exciting to me because, because I think we can start to show students why everything that we think is core to what they need to learn actually intersects with the things that they care about. Um, and that's yeah. something that normally takes a lot of human effort to like sit there in a room of 30 students and tell each kid like why learning like two plus two would be useful for their particular interests. Um, but AI can do that for us. Yeah. So tapping into those personal interests, giving them choice and using that AI as a way to sort of like give them that autonomy and like launch them into their interests. I love that so much. Um, You also stated in the book, too, that we need to make progress on closing the digital divide. So what are some ways that you think that AI can make learning landscapes more equitable to help close that gap? Um, this is, you know, and again, this is one of those things where I think like initially we're, we're going to see some like bad impacts in education um, and cause the problem to get worse. I think that we're already starting to see like some schools are engaging with AI, some are not, um, only furthering like sure. the students' tech literacy, um, you know, that bans in particular schools, embracing in other schools, all those kinds of things will like make the divide worse for a little bit. Um, I'm hoping again that we can start to see that the, that AI technologies can help make our education system more equitable. And so um, I think the book has lots of examples about how to like use it for differentiation, how to use it to get um, ESL students assignments that are like uh, particularly catered towards whatever native language they're speaking. Um, there's ways to kind of differentiate even like the form of the media by which we're delivering information. And so, um, for example, you might be able to start putting out like you might have a lecture and a nicely cleaned up transcript of it or a translation of it even um, much more quickly than you could in the past. Um, and then the personalized learning part is also an important part of this. I think there are students who are way too shy to ask a question in a class. They might be struggling and it's not harder for them to reach out to a teacher or in a classroom of 30, 35 students, they might be getting missed a little bit. Um, and hopefully the more individualized the learning process can be through AI, um, we can find those kids and kind of meet them and kind of give them the resources they need to maybe even get to the point where they can reach out for help um, by kind of like getting some of those early questions answered by AI. Yeah. 
Um, I love that so much. Like when the, when COVID uh, happened and our district shut down, our district was really proactive about providing our students with hotspots so that everybody had access. Right. And I really feel like that's something that we need to consider as a, as a nation is like, how do we get every kid access to this technology? You mentioned a minute ago, a kid who's up at 3 a.m. that has a paper due, right? Like some kids may not have the technology at home to be able to complete that paper at 3 a.m. even if they wanted to. So um, we we just need to figure out like how can we get that to be large scale? Everybody has access, just like everybody should have access to water and a roof over their head. They should also have access to the technology, I think. <laughs> And I, I agree. And I think this is where, like, I think hopefully as we start to see the impacts of, like, the, the divide getting worse, I mean, it's already pretty bad, right? Like, and we saw some of that during COVID, during COVID. like, there were folks who, mm -hmm. districts who had to overnight figure out how to do a one-to-one -one program. Um, there were folks who, like, even if they got a device into a student's hand, didn't, the student didn't have internet access or a stable living location to make use of it. Um, and all those kinds of things, I think, we were just, like, highlight that. It, uh, like The same thing that we all know already, that education is not just a unidimensional problem to solve, like, in order to get you know, to, to help our students best, like we kind of need to tackle this from different angles. Yeah. Internet access and device access is a big part of that. Yeah. And, and with access, obviously you just talked about a little bit, sometimes the, the motivation or lack of motivation students have with it, how it can sometimes be, um, a distraction or uh, the AI is going to do this for me, so I don't need to do it kind of attitude comes into play. Is there, um, I guess a, a safe AI that you would recommend that it would be like a good starter tool for teachers to integrate into the classroom to help kind of start to bridge that gap between traditional learning and learning with AI? Um, I'll have to make a little plug for a tool that I put out that I think I made to solve this problem. So, so okay. AI um, is our custom teacher bot. Um, and basically lets teachers assign like a very uh, particular thing for a student to like kind of talk to AI with. And so um, there's like, there's no this open like wild west of like, I can talk to ChatGPT about anything, ask any question and kind of take it anywhere. Um, our AI bot, like the student can only talk about the, the topic that the teacher has assigned. Um, and it kind of lets them do different kinds of assignments based on what exactly the application in the classroom is. Um, and so there's like a Socratic dialogue system. And so the student can kind of like have, engage in a Socratic dialogue um, with Socrat um, about a particular topic that they're interested in or the topic that the teacher has assigned. Um, and everybody's having an individual Socratic dialogue. So maybe in a classroom setting, they might not feel as comfortable like engaging in that dialogue. Maybe they only raise their hand the minimum number of times you've told them they have to. Um, but here they're kind of forced to engage in the entire uh, Socratic process alone. Um, and then maybe that makes them feel ready for the actual Socratic dialogue in the classroom the next day. And that, that's where we're really, like, you know, our goal isn't for these tools to feel like complete replacements for in-class um, instruction. They're really supposed to help scaffold some of that um, and make some of that much more um, palatable to students who maybe find it a little bit more intimidating to come to class and only be like having a discussion where they're, that's their assessment method. Um, we have a debate about where the student can kind of like debate with Socrat. Um, they have uh, a language role play model where like, the student can uh, practice their language skills. Um, so for example, they might be like a customer in a restaurant in Mexico City um, while like Socrat role plays as the, as the waiter. And then that exact thing can happen in the classroom the next day. But again, like that building that confidence, that fluency for the students before they come into the classroom can kind of make sure that like when you're in the classroom, you're tackling like maybe the basic vocabulary they're building outside, but then you're helping them tackle the intonations that are proper for the language or the exact, uh, maybe there's like different respectful forms that maybe like they're not fully grasping, but now they have the vocabulary and basic grammar structures, right? So I'm hoping that the classroom experience then like can tackle the hardest things um, and the most human things. 
I love that idea of role playing with a chat bot. That's, that's awesome. <laughs> I was going to say, like, I mean, I think that, like, that's the kind of thing that excites me a lot because I think as we, especially as we see, like, AR, VR being brought into classrooms, um, and I think that's a little bit farther away than I think the AI um, integrations are, um, I think we can, like, help students, like, really think about where the applications or whatever they're learning are in the real world. And I think that helps engagement, right? Like, I think part of the, like, when it's so disconnected, when you siloed out, like, all these different disciplines into, like, really um, the standardized tests, like, all those kinds of things really, like, remove knowledge from the real world. Um, and I'm hoping that we can use AI to kind of reconnect that for students because all of these, there's reasons we want them to learn this thing, right? There's like, it's not just like to pass the like test at the end of the year. There's really good reasons why um, when they're adults and walking around in the world, like, you know, this knowledge will help them in some way. And hopefully the role playing with AI is one way they can start using that in that way, right? So like maybe they're like pretending to be a senator on the floor of the Senate um, and like having engaging in a debate with another senator about a policy issue and not just learning about like, oh, the Senate has 100 senators, right? Like these kinds of things might help students actually see like there's much more value. There's a lot more value to like learning all these different things um, than like the test at the end of the year. I love that. That's awesome. Um, so as we kind of close out our conversation today, what advice do you have for um, teachers who may be sort of tech hesitant about integrating AI into the classroom. They're maybe fearful that the conversation with the role play in the chatbot might go sideways or kids are using it for plagiarism. Like what can what advice do you have for teachers who may have those fears? Yeah, um, I think first is like all the spheres are valid. And I think that that's that's part of like the conversations that we all need to be having is that like, there are really good, good reasons to be a little bit slower in integrating. There's really good reasons to kind of like take a step back, learn a little bit more about the technology, um, kind of figure out how you can find tools that are safe for students versus not safe for students. Um, and then I think like there, it's a good idea to dive in your like yourself first. So um, my first recommendation to a teacher would never be to like figure out a way to, to integrate it with the student workflow right away. Um, I think figuring out how it works for you best um, helps you kind of build that fluency to then talk to students about it. Um, and so go see if like AI can do something for you that's like on your to-do list, right? Um, or, you know, use it for the, that brainstorming activity I talked with, started with, where you're trying to figure out how to blend in technology more and go ask chat GPT and have a conversation yourself with no other implications, but like as a PD buddy. Um, and start to see the potential for the technology, start to see what the conversational aspect of it does. Um, because I think we saw a lot of folks either who were extremely scared of like putting this in front of students. And so they're just like, okay, like how do we deal with fans? How do we deal with detection? Um, and then we see folks who like kind of use it a little bit and like put in like, oh, I want a lesson plan about the, the water cycle and then saw something that wasn't exactly what they would produce and kind of walked away from it. Um, and I'm hoping that folks can kind of start to reframe this and see, well, you can actually tell it what you didn't like about the lesson plan, right? This isn't like a push button and like it's just done um, type of system, like sit, sit there and actually talk to it as if it was a teaching assistant. Um, and that might help start for you to start to see the value of it, um, but also kind of like also help ease the, uh, the transition into like thinking about the technology and what it can do and what it can't. You know, I think the the big idea here is reframing our mindset about AI in education. So that's great advice, Preeton. Thank you so much. Um, if you want to know more about how AI is impacting the future of education, be sure to check out Preeton's book. I will link it as well as the websites that he mentioned during our chat today in the show notes of this episode. But thank you again, Preeton, for joining me today. It's been such an insightful conversation. That's fun. Thanks for listening to the Blending In podcast. I hope you gleaned some inspiration to blend in ed tech into your instruction. 
You can find show notes and resources from today's episode on my website, blendinginpodcast.com. If you loved what you heard today, leave a review, follow the podcast on socials, and hit the subscribe button to get notified when new episodes are released. Until next time, don't hesitate to innovate and integrate.